Uh, I, you know, I think it's great that our country celebrates Veterans Day in the same month that we celebrate Thanksgiving. Because they really are linked together. I, we have many other things to be thankful about as a country, but, you know, we really do need to thank our veterans. We need to thank everyone who has put their life on the line, who has sacrificed a part of their life and set it aside instead of pursuing a vocation or maybe education to serve our country and, and to protect freedom around the world. And veterans, we want you to know that, that we do appreciate you. And we appreciate your service to our country and, and your commitment and, and what we enjoy every day. Right now, let, let's, I think it's fitting that we just thank the Lord for them. Let's bow our heads together. Lord, we do thank you for this great country that we live in. And God, we thank you for the men and women who have been willing to, to enlist in, in the armed forces of the United States to protect the freedom that we have, the liberties that we enjoy every day, the things that we take for granted. Lord, we do thank you that they were willing to, to invest a part of their life in freedom for us and, in many cases, freedom for people around the world. Thank you for all our veterans. God, bless them. And may, may our country never forget them, and may they always hold a sense of our sincere thanksgiving for their service. Now, we pray for those who are currently serving, especially today those who are in harm's way. And Lord, we pray for your protection on them. We just pray that you will anoint them with, with your presence. And Lord, may they feel, not just this Veterans Day, but, but every day, that their country loves them and we're proud of them and, and we're so thankful for them. I pray for all of their loved ones who are left behind uh, as they're deployed to forward areas. And Father, I just pray that you'll protect their families while they're gone and, and, and help them not to have all the little annoyances and mechanical breaks down and illnesses. And, and, and Lord, just, we just pray that you'll protect both the service person and, and the family. And, and we just pray that we might have them united again soon so they can enjoy peace and they can enjoy love and, and, and each other. God, we thank you for them. We thank you for this country. May you continue to bless America. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yeah, it, it, didn't it feel good to thank our vets? I, I mean, I, I know they felt honored, and, but, but more, we, it just did something for us. There's power in thanksgiving. You know, the Bible says in one place of many places, in Psalm 118, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Do you realize that over 250 times, we are either encouraged, exhorted, or even commanded to be people of thanksgiving. We're commanded to be thankful. We're commanded to, to live with an attitude of thanksgiving. Now, is God on some kind of an ego trip? Is that what this is all about? No. God doesn't need our thanksgiving. God knows who he is, and he is confident in his being. He knows that thanksgiving is so powerful for us. It's such a powerful force in our lives. And this morning, that's what I want to do. I want to re be reminded, and I want to remind you of what a powerful force thanksgiving is in our life and how it can dramatically improve our lives and how if we embrace what we learned today, that we can leave here this morning with a new bounce to our step, a new purpose in life, and a new strategy for living life. That will not only benefit us here, but that will benefit us for all eternity. So what is this power that's in Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving has the power to increase our happiness. 
Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The Apostle Paul wrote this in his letter to the church at Philippi. And the, the most astounding thing about this statement, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, is he's writing it from prison. He, he's been in prison for the cause of Jesus Christ. He, he doesn't know that any moment soldiers might come into his room and take him out and behead him as ultimately happened to him under Nero. And yet, he says, rejoice in the Lord. Now, now, how was he able, under such austere conditions, to have that kind of an attitude? Well, it's because Paul lived a life characterized by thanksgiving. And that thanksgiving, the presence of that discipline in his life, allowed him to face hard times with optimism and with joy and with peace that comes from God. See, because it increases our happiness when we're thankful people. The medical community, the mental health community, is just now discovering, and they've invented an entirely new form of psychology called positive psychology that's all based around things the Bible has taught us for thousands of years. The uh, Harvard Medical Review cites one of the uh, experiments by, by Dr. Martin E.P. Uh, uh, Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania. And, and basically, he tested various subjects to see what things would help people to feel more positive about life. And the thing that was more successful than any other interventions that he tried was this, that some of his subjects were given the assignment to write and hand deliver a thank you letter to someone who had expressed kindness in their life and they had never been adequately thanked. And, and so that was their, their, their assignment, write a thank you letter and hand deliver well, when he came back, the results were astounding. He said that participants immediately displayed a huge increase in their happiness score compared to other control groups. And he said that this impact was greater than that from any other positive intervention, which benefits lasting over a month. In other words, all the things they tried to help people to be more positive, more happy about life, the thing that produced the most dramatic and immediate results was just writing a thank you letter. Just expressing their thanks to somebody who had extended kindness to them. Dr. Robert Emmons and Dr. Michael McAuliffe, Dr. Emmons from California and Dr. McAuliffe right here at the University of Miami, they, they tested this too. They had three control groups. The first group was commanded and given the assignment that they should every week write some things down in a journal that they were thankful for, that they were grateful for. The second group, they were supposed to each week write things that annoyed them, things that happened that just annoyed them. And the third group, they were supposed to just write things in their journal that, you know, impacted them somehow, some positive, some negative. Well, after 10 weeks, they came back and they started looking at the results of these daily disciplines. And they found out that after 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives than the other two groups. Why? Because Thanksgiving makes us happier. It'll make us happier people. How many like to be a little happier than you are right now, you know? Well, God has always said, and now the mental health community says, here's one way to do it. Be a person of gratitude. But not only will it increase our happiness, it'll improve our health. It goes beyond just making us happy people. The medical community is astounded by some of the things that they're discovering. 
WebMD.com says, grateful people, those who perceive gratitude as a permanent trait rather than a temporary state of mind, have an edge on the not so grateful when it comes to their health. In other words, they're saying, you know what we found out? That people who live and embrace thanksgiving, who embrace gratitude as a personality trait, as something that is every day in their life, they have an edge health-wise over those who don't practice that kind of a life. Well, where does it help our health? Well, they go on to say that in combating stress, and they remind us that stress has been attributed to a lot of serious diseases, you know, high blood pressure and heart disease and even cancer. And they even gone on to said through their research that they found that up to maybe 90% of doctor visits are stress-related. But now, as they start looking at people who live an attitude of gratitude, they said this, but it says, gratitude, it turns out, can help us better manage stress. Wow. Gee, God's only been saying that for a couple thousand years. Gratitude research is beginning to suggest that feelings of thankfulness have tremendous positive value in helping people cope with daily problems and especially stress. How many got some stress in your life, huh? Well, you know, one of the greatest antidotes, instead of going down and buying uh, some, some prescription medicine, be thankful. Be grateful. And, and the health community says it will help you to deal with your stress. It also is an immune, immune system booster. They've also discovered that not only people who are thankful have less stress and manage stress better, but the truth of the matter is they've linked it to an optimistic spirit. People who are thankful tend to be more optimistic. People who are more optimistic, immune system works better, they said. Their system combats disease and fights off infection, and they get well faster. It's an immune booster just to be happy. You're feeling sick, you get a little tired, you're kind of going through a season where you just can't get it. Try Thanksgiving. Even more serious, they've linked it to heart attacks and preventing heart attacks. They did a study group with, with a person at the University of Connecticut with a group who had had one heart attack. And they found out that the people who responded to having that heart attack with a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude saying, you know, I hope that never happens again. I don't want to go through that again. But you know what? I've learned so much. And I've learned to appreciate life so much more. And I've learned to appreciate the people in my life so much more. So, so it, I, it was a horrible experience. It was scary. But, you know, I'm really thankful that I had it because it's really changed me for the best. Well, you know what they found out? That people who have responded to heart attacks that way have a much less chance of having the second heart attack. See, it's all linked to being thankful, what God has commanded us to do over 250 times in his word. It improves our health. You'll be better off than the people who don't do that. Maybe that's why Paul was inspired to write in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. This whole new pioneer area of psychology, positive psychology, is all based around the fact that, you know, don't concentrate on all the negative things. Don't read all the negative stuff. Try to think about the positive things. Paul wrote that over 2,000 years ago. So it increases our happiness, it improves our health, but it also can strengthen our relationships. You know, a person that I really re admired coming out of Catholicism was Mother Teresa. You know, Mother Teresa really lived what, what I believe Jesus taught and what Jesus wanted us to do. She, she literally lived her, live, her life for other people. 
She, you know, she didn't, wouldn't care about her own comfort and her own wealth or anything like that. She went to the poorest places on planet Earth. And she was there to minister to those people, to, to love them and, and, and to try to encourage them. And at the end of her life, she made a startling observation. Now, now mind you, her whole life was invested in poor people, in hungry people, in people who were dying in the streets. And this was her conclusion about life and about human need. She said, there is more hunger for love and appreciation in this world than for bread. She, you know, people who don't have enough to eat, who are starving, who are dying in the streets, even more than something to eat, what their spirit longed for, what their hearts hungered for, was somebody to love them. And somebody just to say, thank you. Just to appreciate their existence. Just to appreciate their value in life and in society. She said, more than bread. The hungry people, even more than something to eat. What they were looking for is love. And they were looking for somebody just to say, thank you. You know, that tracks with so much that I've seen as a pastor. That tracks with, 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 with so many people that I've counseled. You know, you know the, the Harvard Medical Review, they're, they're catching up on this now. And they, they, they did a study, and they found out that couples who tend to say thank you to each other have a much more positive relationship towards each other and even trust each other enough to talk about the more difficult things in their relationship. I, I've seen this so much. How many times I've counseled men, husbands and dads, and they said, you know, I just keep giving, I just keep giving, I just keep doing, I keep earning, I keep struggling, and all it is is more, more, more. Nobody ever thanks me for what I've done. I see it in moms and I see it in wives all the time who will say, you know, I don't want to cruise, I don't need a trip to Europe. I'd be happy if someone would just thank me for cooking a meal, thank me for cleaning the house, thank me for doing laundry, thank me for taking... The kids here helping my husband with this project. See, Mother Teresa's words ring out, not just in starving places of the earth, but right here in our own backyard. Again, Harvard Medical School, they discovered that managers who actually thank their employees discovered that their employees want to work harder for them. No way, you got to be kidding, really. I thought you just gave them more work and criticized them and wrote them bad reports and threatened them and taken away benefits. That's how you motivate people, right? No. They said, no, actually, if you thank people, they'll want to work harder for you. Wow. Boy, maybe God knew something. Huh? See, do you know how the Apostle Paul, this great Christian warrior who wrote like two-thirds of the Bible, New Testament that we have, do you know how he started most of the letters that he wrote to different churches? Let me show you. Just a couple examples. Romans 1.8. First, I thank my God for all of you. He wrote a letter to the Christians at Rome. He said, before I say anything else, before I teach you things I want to teach you, I want you to know how much that I appreciate you. I thank you. 1 Corinthians 1.4, to the church at Corinth, I always thank God for you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, to the church at Ephesus, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, to the church in Philippi, I thank my God every time I remember you. 
and on and on and on and on. And this is the guy from prison who said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why was he able to say that? Because he lived a life of gratitude. See, Paul wanted everyone in any of the churches that he helped to establish to know how thankful he was for them. Now, can you imagine how much better our relationships would be if we sincerely embrace an attitude of gratitude, if we seriously begin to say thank you. That's one of the challenges I want to give you today. In this month of Thanksgiving, let's get back to being thankful. It's going to increase our happiness. It'll improve our health. We already know that benefit. But let's strengthen our relationships. I know husbands and wives, it it might seem a little awkward at first because we haven't thanked each other in years. But let's let's try to, to build in expressions that sincerely communicate how grateful we are for each other. Parents for your children. Children for your parents. Brothers and sisters, family, friends, co-workers, bosses. Let's start saying thank you. Let's make the world a better place. Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. It's a precious gift to somebody. Paul Encouraged in his letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let's, Let's pledge to be that kind of person today. Let's pledge to leave here saying new things and speaking new things in new ways. It enhances our witness. Just being a person of thankfulness, enhance our witness. And remember, that's one of the most important things to God there is about us after we trust Christ as our Savior. We're to be ambassadors. We're supposed to take the fragrance of Christ everywhere that we go. Peter said in in his first letter in the New Testament, 1 Peter 2.12, he said, Live such good lives among the pagans that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Do, do, Do you know? Think about it. Sometimes we who are Christ followers, we who are believers of Jesus Christ, sometimes we're the most negative, sour, attitude people walking planet Earth. I I mean, here we are. We have Jesus Christ as our Savior. We're complaining about everything, and we're down on everyone, and and we don't have a nice thing to say to anybody. We just are looking for more and more and more and more and more. And what does that say to people about our relationship to God? See, but when they see us living a life of thanksgiving, They'll not only be attracted to us, because, I mean, think about it. Who would you rather hang out with? Who do you want to be around, spend your time with? Someone who's just constantly complaining and ragging on other people and, and who's down and sour about life? Or would you rather hang around someone who's optimistic because they're a person of thanksgiving? See, you know the answer to that. You know who you'd much rather go out to dinner with. You know who you'd much rather commit a four-hour evening to. And so do the people in your life. thankfulness. It'll enrich your walk with God. It will. It'll enrich your walk with God. Someone once said, and is lost in history, who actually first penned this, but they said, God lives in two places. He lives in heaven, and he lives in a humble, grateful heart. And what he's saying, he's saying, you want to find God? 
You want to experience God? You want to be where God is? I'll tell you where God is. God is in heaven, and you find him in worship. And you also find God in every man, every woman, whose life is characterized by a humble, grateful heart. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 declares, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. Luke, in his gospel, the fourth or the third book of the New Testament, talks about an encounter Jesus had one day with ten lepers. Ten of these guys had been struck with the worst disease you could possibly happen in, in biblical times, the, the disease of leprosy. It was a terribly debilitating physical disease, flesh literally rotting off of you. But beyond that, beyond the pain and the suffering of the physical aspect of leprosy, it was also a, a, a deliberating uh, social disease. Because when you contracted leprosy, it changed your entire social life. You could no longer live with your family. You couldn't live in town. You had to live in the outskirts of town. You became a beggar. And worst of all, it was debilitating spiritually because it was believed at that time that if you contracted leprosy, it was because of sin in your life and God was judging you. So you were totally outcasted. Well, th- 10 men who were in that situation, one day were just kind of walking down the road, and they ran across Jesus coming the other way. Well, they recognized Jesus, and they, they had heard of his healing powers, and so immediately they cried out to Jesus. They said, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And so Jesus did. And Jesus said, Go show yourself to the priest. Now, he said that because in the Jewish system, the only person who had the authority legally to readmit somebody to society who had contracted leprosy was a priest. They had to first do a thorough body inspection to make sure that the disease was totally gone. Then they did a purification ceremony over the person. Then they made a formal pronouncement, declaration to society that the person was well and they could re-enter society with all the rights and responsibilities and opportunities of a healthy human being. So that's what Jesus, he says, go, go show the priest. It says, as they left, one, realizing that he had been healed, returned to Jesus and fell prostrate before Jesus and just began to profusely thank him. Jesus' response is very interesting. Jesus, with his disciples, he looks around, he said, he said now, remind me, Didn't I just cleanse ten lepers? Only one came back to thank me. And he's a Samaritan. He even categorized the fact that he's a Samaritan. The guy who comes back gives him thanks is a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans hated each other. And so this one crossed social bonds and and, and, and religious bonds, and he came back and, and bowed before Jesus and thanked him profusely. Jesus said, where's the other ones? How much healing has Jesus brought into our lives? You know what that teaches us? That teaches us that God is aware, and it matters to God of how thankful we are. See, we tend to be just such takers of, of God and takers of life. And we, God, give me, and God, save me, and God, do, God, God. This, and this, and, and we, we don't return thanks for everything he's already done for us. See, but thanking him enhances our relationship because now God goes, okay, you get it. It's just not about what you want next. You're acknowledging the fact that I have blessed you. But also, maybe even more powerful, it'll enhance your relationship with God from your perspective. 
Because instead of focusing on the little black dots that present themselves in our lives through life circumstances, now we are living in an attitude of gratitude, and we are constantly remembering everything God has done for us. And now we live life with appreciation and gratitude. It totally changes who we are and what we're about. It will enrich our walk with God. Now, I'm going to real quick end. So get ready if you're taking notes. How can you become this person of thanksgiving? How can you live in an attitude of gratitude? I'm just going to rip through this because they're pretty self-explanatory. You ready to go? You want to become that man? You want to become that woman? You want to increase your happiness? You want to improve your health? You want to strengthen your relationships? You, you want to empower your witness for Christ? You want to enrich your relationship with God? Okay, here, here's where you go. Stop complaining. Avoid complaining. The psalmist said in Psalm 77.3, he said, I groaned, I mused, and he said, my spirit grew faint. What he said? He said, when I was complaining, when I was musing about things, and when I was all negative, what happened is it drug me down. So my spirit was defeated. I was sad. I was depressed. He said, stop complaining. Don't be a person that people go, oh, no, here he comes. Oh, no, here she comes. Oh, get ready, you know, and, People just sit down and they got to steal themselves up to be in your presence, you know? Count your blessings. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting sand. See, what James is really trying to say is God blesses us over and over again. But God doesn't change. Even when things aren't going well in our life, God's still the same God. And he still deserves our thanksgiving. He still deserves our gratitude. So we need to count our blessings. We used to sing a hymn like that, and we do in the traditional service here at the church still, you know. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. See, it'll change everything about you when you just start being thankful for what God has already done and for everything God does for us every single day that we take for granted. Write thank you notes. Again, the mental health communities, they discover this, this amazing new power in our lives that if we actually write thank you notes, it increases our happiness and improves our health and strengthens our relationships. My, my. Again, a challenge. Let's do that this month. Let's not just celebrate Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day and sit around the table and, and everyone, well, tell me something you're thankful for this year. That's good to do. And go ahead and do that, but don't just do that. Let's write thank you notes. Start right. Write a list. Start making a list right now of people who have, have really had an impact in your life. People who have been kind and gracious to you. And, and let's, let's take the time to sit down and actually write some thank you notes to them. And say, I just want you to know how much I love you. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. Can you imagine them getting those notes in the mail of what it's going to do to them? And maybe that will be the turning point of their day, their week, their year. And we know what it will do for us. Let's develop the daily discipline of giving thanks. Let's leave here with a new commitment today, that we're not just going to celebrate a holiday once a year, that we are going to become people whose very lives, whose very purpose is characterized by constant thanksgiving. I love Charles Dickens, that great old uh, English author who wrote so many great books that we've read. He was thinking about the American holiday of Thanksgiving, and here's, it was his conclusion. He says, instead of having one Thanksgiving day each year, we should have 364 days of Thanksgiving. Instead, use that one day for complaining and griping. 
you know, let's just have one day and make that a holiday, and we're just going to gripe that whole day, okay, and get it out of our system. He says, let's use the other 364 days to thank God for what? The many blessings he has what? Showered on us. See, it's all our attitude, isn't it? Ephesians 5.19, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything. Do you know that that makes a huge difference? Again, even the mental health community is understanding that. Dr. Edmonds, again, he says, practicing gratitude in these systematic ways changes people by changing brains that are wired for negativity. Do you realize that our culture and the people we hang out with have rewired our brains to think negatively? We always start from that 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 start. We always begin from, uh, the worst is going to happen, and I knew this was going to happen, and all oh, that person. We hang around. Our minds are conditioned to think negatively. But look what he says. When you express a feeling, you amplify that feeling. For example, he says, when you express anger, you get angrier. We all know that's true, right? You sit around, you just start stewing and creating scenarios about being angry about something, you can just get more angry, don't you? Well, he said, when you, uh, when you express gratitude, you become more grateful. It works just the opposite. When you're living thanking all the time, when you're living with an attitude of gratitude all the time, then you become a person of gratitude. What does that do? That makes you more optimistic, that boosts your immune system, makes you happier, strengthens your relationships, enhances your witness, and it helps you to walk closer to God. Professor uh, Sonia uh, Laubomirsky, University of California, Riverside, says it really doesn't work if you only do it once a year. It really doesn't. But the power of thanksgiving can radically change your life. It can change your relationship. It can change your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's commit. And here's, here's my challenge to you. I want you to commit to writing some thank you letters. I want you to commit to saying thank you, to being a person of thanksgiving, of counting your blessings. And then I want, let's do it for the rest of the month. And then write me some notes. And tell me what your experience has been. Tell me if God didn't fulfill what his word promises, that it'll increase your happiness, it'll improve your health, it'll strengthen your relationships, it'll improve your witness, and it'll enhance your walk with God. In other words, it'll change it. It'll make you a new and better person. Now, as we prepare to to close our service, let's enter into that important expression of thanksgiving to Jesus Christ that he left with us It's all about communion. See, that's what communion really is. Jesus left us this beautiful ceremony with his disciples on the night he was betrayed. And the whole ceremony was about remembering to thank him for giving his life for us. I think it's fitting that we do that right now. And that we use this act, use this observation, in order to seal our commitment to leave here with a new purpose and a new strategy. This is kind of our sealing the deal, signing the line, saying, when I take communion this morning, Lord, I'm going to remember and thank you, but I'm also going to live this new life. Let's go ahead and distribute, take a cracker first, put it on your lap, then take a cup, then pass it on to your, to your neighbor. Let's wait till we've all received. Well, we're passing it. Paul tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that we should never just enter flippantly into this this act, this ceremony, that we should first take inventory of our lives and 
any unconfessed sin that's in our lives. And so if you're a believer today, I'm going to invite you to do that now as you wait to get the elements or after you've received them. I've taken inventory of your life. And is there unconfessed sin? Then confess it. Are you right with the Lord? Use this time to, to make this challenge and accept this challenge. Say, God, today, help me to become a person of gratitude. Help me to employ the power of thanksgiving in my life. Help me to strengthen my relationships, improve my health, increase my happiness, increase my walk with you. While believers are taking inventory, I want to talk to maybe a man or a woman here today who's never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're maybe just started a search into a relationship with God and all this stuff about church and the Bible and God is all new to you. And if that's true, then you're probably living under a false belief. Because the vast majority of religions in the world today teach this, that somehow you must live a good enough life to earn heaven. That you just got to have your good works outweigh your bad works, and then maybe God's going to be merciful to you. That's not true. Jesus declared himself and of himself in John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What does he mean? He means that we'll never be good enough. If we could be good enough, Jesus didn't need to come and die on the cross. Jesus came to die on the cross because we can never be good enough. And it's only through his willingness to die and be a sacrifice for sin that God promises to forgive us our sins and to promise us eternal life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you're saved, through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, you can do that right now. All God asks is that we ask for the gift, and then he'll give it to us. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says, If we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. That's all he asks. All he asks is don't trust in yourself, trust in me. Believe that Jesus already did everything necessary for your forgiveness. And right now, you can just pray, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross, were buried, and rose again. And I get it now. The only way to eternal life is through what you've already done. And so, Jesus, I'm asking you today to be my Savior. Today, I believe on the name of the Son of God for eternal life. Bible said in 1 John 5, 13, these things are right to you who believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. These elements that we hold in our hand are the most powerful expressions of love ever given to man. They, they reflect the reality of John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life.